not proud, but that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. Not looking for excuses, I just want to be free from the power weakness head on. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Bubble Hour, where real people tell real stories of addiction and recovery. I'm Jean McCarthy. I write the blog Unpickled, where I've been telling my story of life after alcohol since my first day of sobriety in 2011. Guys, it's a decade. In two weeks, it'll be a decade since I quit drinking. And you know what? I had a drinking dream last week. So even after 10 years, The cravings are gone for the most part. Um, I don't think about drinking a whole lot, but I do still have those wacky drinking dreams now and then. And, um, And I do still have those moments of wanting something and wishing that I had the quick fix that alcohol used to be, but I wouldn't go back, not for anything. Anyway, my plans got uh, sent a little bit sideways today, and uh, the interview that I had canceled didn't work. It didn't. <laughs> the interview I had planned got canceled because of some technical trouble we were having. So we're rescheduling that, and thus I don't have a guest for you today. But I a couple of weeks ago took a week off of podcasting so that I could babysit my little grandkids. And of course, I don't get to see them too often. So I know you'll forgive me for taking a day to do that. And I did hear from some people who wished I had managed to get something up that week. So just so that you still see something from me and you know that I'm okay and you know that I'm thinking of you and continuing to encourage you in your recovery... I thought I'd pop on and quickly record a little update just to say hello, to cheer you on, and to give you just a a bit of insight in what's happening in my world these days. The show isn't about me. The show is about the people, the other people. I'm just here to hold space. But for lack of a guest, I guess I will interview myself real quick (laughs) and tell you a few things about what's going on with me. So first of all is that yesterday, it was the annual anniversary of my dad's passing. So it's four years yesterday since my dad passed away. And I'm not a person who really celebrates negative anniversaries of things. I think about my dad every day and I'm healing that wound every day. So to me, marking a year is is like marking a week or marking a month. I mean, I, I think about it every day in some capacity. So I'm not really inclined to post on Facebook or talk about it a whole lot in terms of an anniversary. People grieve and commemorate in different ways. So however you do that is is you, you do you. It's a very personal thing. But I bring it up here because I just wanted to reflect on how well my recovery served me as I lost a parent, because I think that being sober gave me the ability to feel all of those feelings. And even though I guess, you know, I I wanted to numb the feelings sometimes, I wanted to take the edge off. It seems to me that I moved through the grief of that experience much faster 
than I would have if I were drinking. Because I think that when we are engaged in an addiction of whatever it is, if you're acting out in your addiction, you're hitting the pause button on your emotions, right? You're acting out to help numb your feelings and to help you cope with your feelings and not fully experience them. But they don't go away. They either get stuck in your body or stuck in your brain and they keep popping up. So all you're really doing is hitting the pause button, like procrastinating, feeling it. And it just kind of builds up. It builds up in your head and your heart and your body. And it can come out as in lots of different ways. When things get stuck inside of us in whatever capacity, then they tend to morph and they come out in other ways. So that was a hard thing. And I got through it well, and I healed from it in a positive way. And I felt the pain, yes, but I also was able to witness and acknowledge and experience the beautiful parts of that. And there is beauty in someone's last days. There were beautiful moments with my dad, even in his palliative stage. And I have some really wonderful memories because I showed up and spent time with him and bore witness to that stage of life. And I think seeing someone we love, especially a parent, as they become frail and their body declines and their mind declines and they unravel before our eyes, it's a really hard thing to see. And we want to deny it. We want to get away from it. We want to spare them the experience of us seeing them in that state. But I feel like if we can be really brave and really honest, we can walk into it with an open heart and an open mind and hold space for whatever they're going through as they prepare to leave their body and and leave our lives and leave their life and do that in a really beautiful, honest, real way. So I'm not an expert on death and dying, but I feel really good about how I showed up for that hard chapter in my life and his life and my mom's life and my sister's lives. And as that date rolls around and other people in the family do have posted and they've posted some beautiful pictures and memories, it brings it up for me too and makes me look back with gratitude that I I did have my recovery in place to get through that. So that's one thing. Another thing that came up this week, and I was posting about this on Facebook with a friend, is that I I went to the doctor to get a prescription refilled for my migraine medication, which, you know, I don't know why I waited so long to finally get hooked up with migraine medication, but boy, was that ever a big help to me. Anyway, as as I was there, I was talking with my doctor about anxiety and asking, you know, about some solutions for that. And and he said, you know, and I think he meant it kindly. He said, whatever you're doing is working because, you know, you were a successful business person for all those years. And, you know, you, you really couldn't do that if you had mental illness or if your anxiety was debilitating or if it was, you know, something like an uh, adult ADHD or something like that. So we were talking about different diagnoses and different treatments, but his perception was that I, I was okay because I had performed so well all these years. I want to share with you what I wrote about that within the group. I I shared that, you know, there's some truth to what he said because that is what he saw of me, right? I didn't go to him ever to talk about the fact that 
I was drinking too much when I was drinking too much. I didn't ever tell my doctor that, you know, I would cry in bed at night if I couldn't sleep, that I would have ruminating thoughts of guilt and shame or remorse, and that I would think all the time about like bad parenting moments or, or relive the day and beat myself up and, and cry. I mean, we don't go to the doctor for that. (laughs) So they don't see that. What they see is what we do during the day, the face that we show the world. And of course, for women, when we're going to the doctor, we still make ourselves look pretty good and put on our game face. And I wrote in this post that we don't go to the doctor for unhappiness, shame, or bitchiness. So he had no clue. And I'm not sure if that's his fault or mine, or if it's an unintended consequence of the way that the system works. There's some good chat about that in some of my support groups online that I'm in, and I really appreciated that conversation. So yeah, food for thought. Uh, it, It was just kind of a surprise to me that I have a really good doctor. He's really helpful. But it was just a reminder of like, you know, I don't know if it's my responsibility to tell him all that or if I did, if he would sort of feel like I should be telling that to someone else. I don't know. But it's hard for doctors to not have the big picture. If you go back through some old episodes of the show, I have some really good discussions about this in previous episode, one with uh, Dr. Maureen, and I have a chat with Dr. Alice last week about um, the pressures on students in med school and how she looked at an ambulance and wished she was so tired that she wished she could just get bumped a little bit by that ambulance so that she could rest. And we talked about that state of despair that so many of us walk around in. And then uh, you can go back even further and find other conversations on that topic. So I think that's worth digging into and thinking about. Tell me what you think about it. I'm curious. Also this week, I did something ah, that I haven't done for a long time, which is that I I um, submitted a nonfiction piece to the CBC, which here in Canada, that is kind of like NPR for you in the U.S. It's our public radio station. They had a nonfiction writing competition, and I submitted a piece to that, which compared the uh, harrowing moment that I've written about on my blog when my dog got attacked to a harrowing moment in my childhood when my hand got caught in a door and I had to have fingers amputated. And it drew a paraline between those two big moments in my life that were the cause of anxiety and how anxiety and courage can show up, you know, in equal measure in our lives. So I don't know if anything will come of that, but keep your fingers crossed for me. And uh, if, if something comes of it, I'll let you know. Who knows? Good luck to anyone else who entered. And if you did, let me know. I'm curious what you wrote about. And the other thing is that as my 10-year anniversary comes up in the near future, I'm trying to decide how I will celebrate. I tell you guys all the time on your posts, celebrate your milestones, mark the occasion, do something nice for yourself. You know, put a candle in your morning muffin or order yourself a little treat from your favorite store or go to your local cafe and get the whipped cream on your mocha, whatever it is that it it takes for you to celebrate, do something to mark the occasion. Celebrate with friends if you can. And I drop into a local women's meeting, which is now meeting online. I started going uh, two years ago on my eighth soberversary because I just wanted to be around other people who were also in recovery. 
and it was high time that I found a in-person community in my town. So I have really been missing those meetings. So they were going online during the pandemic. And then when restrictions were lifted, they started meeting in person. And I just didn't feel that I was ready to start in-person meetings yet. There's still a lot of cases of the virus in my community. And then our community went back on lockdown. And so I just was really sad those online meetings were gone. And I messaged the organizer of them and said, gosh, I'm missing the online meetings. I haven't been in months because you guys went to in-person and I'm not ready for in-person. And she said, oh, well, guess what? The in-person only lasted a few meetings and we're back to meeting online. So get yourself back to an online meeting. So that's what I'm going to be doing starting next week is back to weekly online meetings. So that will be one way I celebrate is to share it with those friends that are also in recovery from my community. So that's kind of it for my corner of the world. I am really busy with emails that come in. You guys are great to write, to share your successes and your thoughts and your feedback. I appreciate it. I am booked solid for guests now right through to the summer. So I'm pre-recording a lot of interviews so that I can have a bit of time off in the spring. So if you are thinking about being a guest on the show, just hang on till the summertime. Email me around June to ask about it because right now I'm booked right through till then. And I wish I had time to do more so that I could get everybody on that wants to be on. But it's, it is a lot. And I am so grateful for the abundance of stories and vulnerability and willingness to share. So thanks, everybody. I hope you are having a great week. I hope that you are finding good ways to take care of yourself. If you're not, send me a message. I'll help hook you up with some resources. There's so much online right now. There's just no reason for any of us to suffer. And for those of you listening, because you are in the stage where you're investigating recovery, you might still be drinking on the regular, but you're thinking about sobriety. I want to send a special shout out to you because it's a hard place to be where you're at. And it's also really exciting. So if you're thinking about making a change with your drinking, go listen to all the old episodes and try to envision your life in those circumstances. Hearing the voices of others who've been where you're at is really helpful and it is empowering. So make use of the resources, my podcast and the millions of others that are out there. There's so many good ones. And don't be afraid to make a change. It is way better on this side of it. I promise you. I really, really, really did not want alcohol to be the thing I had to give up. I really thought it, that was working for me and I wanted it to be anything but the alcohol that was the problem. And I guess the alcohol was a symptom of a need to change. And I couldn't make those changes as long as I was drinking every day. So getting rid of alcohol was great for my health, great for my sleep, great for my skin. And it created the space to do the inner work that I needed to do to truly make life better. And now I'm really happy to be a non-drinker. And I mean, as a person in recovery, I identify as that, but just on a practical side at 53, it's great for my health. My chances of cancer are much, much lower without alcohol going into my body and I feel better. I sleep better. Menopause went way better for me and there's just so many benefits. So don't be afraid of it. It is a really great way of life. I recommend it and it creates space for a lot of good things in your life. 
And I'm sure your brain is telling you that life without alcohol is going to suck. And that just isn't true. It takes a bit of adjustment, but new things take its place. You find better ways to fill your time and you feel a lot better about yourself. So I highly encourage that you think about it and don't be afraid to make a change. For all the rest of you that are in sobriety, I celebrate your successes. I thank you for being here. I thank you for your feedback. And I'm glad we're all doing this together. It's much better with friends. That's my little blurby, my in-between episode. I will be back next week. I'm going to have Ruby Warrington on the show. She's got a new book out, The Sober Curious Reset. So she's going to be here next week to talk about that. Okay, have a great week, everyone. Until next time, take good care. I own it, I did that. Not proud, but that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. Not looking for excuses. I just want to be free from the power. Head on me. In a dark corner is where shame likes to hide. We oh, you think you're strong just cause you'll keep it on the side. It just stays and wait there to rob you of your pride. Turn the light on, turn the light on, you can shine. When you see I take back a little dignity I'm not looking for excuses I just want to be free from power Just want to be